0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 120. Um, okay. First thing I want to tell you is my brand new single, Quicksand, has officially been out for a couple of days now. It came out last Friday. Um, it's really genuinely like the most mainstream pop thing I've ever written but I was just telling a friend earlier today it still feels like me to me and that feels really exciting um and it's a love song for those who listen to my music I hardly ever write you know direct like kind of romantic love songs and quicksand certainly is so if that sounds good to you and you think you need a new like you know valentine's month jam um go to Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music or wherever you find music and uh, type in my name and quicksand and listen to my song. I think you'll really like it. And um, next week, the the podcast will be a deep dive into the writing um, and backstory and making of the song. So if you want more information that's coming on the podcast next week. Okay, the next thing I have to share, which is also exciting, is I have a message from uh like a, a comment from a fan. Um I there was a, a little while last year that I was asking for comments from fans and all of you guys I guess were too shy. But I've got one um and I'm excited to read it to you. So um This person is a fan, uh, was a fan of my music first and then started listening to the podcast and he really enjoys the podcast. Um, His name is Robbie and he is from the special needs community. He's blind and and I think... I can't remember exactly what he's told me in the past, but um, he has some other um, special needs too. And so I asked him, um, he, he wanted to kind of, he wanted to contribute something to the podcast. And I asked him if he would share his thoughts on what art and creativity mean um, to the special needs community. And this is what Robbie had to say. Art is one way that people with special needs say how they feel. We have many ways of doing music, whether it's playing the piano or singing. Music is a strong way of saying how we feel. We also do pictures and painting, and that's a way of also showing what art can do. Special needs are very different people, and we should not judge them because they're different. We should be nice to them. And of course, I agree. And Robbie, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for uh, writing in and sharing your thoughts. And if you're listening and you think, hey, I have thoughts, just send them to me. I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Okay, now I'm going to introduce you guys to today's guest, which is a new friend. Um, we have known each other for a little while, but um, you know, pandemic time is weird and we can't spend as much time together as we'd like. Um, but Chelsea is uh, one of my colleagues at UVU, she teaches there. I've actually, I think I've literally never seen her on campus. I've only seen her at my house and at her house. Um, But I like her so much and I'm excited to um, get to know her better over hopefully many, many years in the future. And in the meantime, um, this interview with Chelsea has a lot of great stuff in it. And so you guys can get to know her um, here. Okay. Chelsea Tinsler-Jones is an avid chamber musician, freelance percussionist, and educator based in Utah County. She is a percussionist and director of operations for Kemia Ensemble, a mixed chamber ensemble dedicated to promoting contemporary classical music, and an instructor of music at Utah Valley University. Chelsea received her Master of Music in Percussion Performance and Chamber Music from the University of Michigan, and her Bachelor of Music in Percussion Performance and Music Education from the heart school. For more information, you can go to her website, which is tel- chelseatinslerJones.com. And yeah, like I said, and if I didn't say it enough, if I didn't say it emphatically enough, Chelsea is so cool and also just so kind. Um, I like I just I like her so much and I know you guys will too. So without further ado, um, I will just get started here. So uh, here comes my conversation with Chelsea. Enjoy. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking that's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill and this is Artifice. Okay. okay. okay so I like to start with people talking about their childhoods. So, <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> cause I'm really curious about like, I'm super curious about the, the origins of creativity and, you know, kind of the way that like nature versus nurture allows our creativity to develop, um, or what kind of environment you like you know, started to build your like creative identity. So, um, so I'd love to know what, what signs were there in your early childhood that you were creative?
1: Well, I guess my earliest memory of this is just, my mom tells me at least that in kindergarten, I would come home every day and close the door of my room, set up all of my cabbage patch yeah. dolls and I would teach them <laughs> oh what I learned God, in school Chelsea, that day. That's so cute. <laughs> kind of embarrassing but it's I'm at peace with it now you know so cute (laughs) so I don't know that that's so creative as just copying what I saw but it kind of started on a path of um wanting to teach kids share things and come up with my own little activities and that's
0: very creative (laughs) like you know um, implementing like a style of play that I'm sure you hadn't seen, you know, like, and also just thinking like, this is something that I, that I like, like, you know, if you like being in school and you like being taught and like, then kind of like practicing that, I don't know. It's adorable. Uh, what, What were you doing? Any other like drawing, reading, um, any, what was your early relationship with music? Like
1: definitely not an artist visually okay yeah (laughs) so the only have to be yes all the drawing I did was like in art class at school okay I was like oh my god (laughs) let's just get through this um but I liked reading and music was always present in in my house so my parents were always listening to stuff and dancing around the house and performing my sister and I performed sound of music in the living room many times
0: so it was like um like music what was the family culture like around music like did your parents were your parents um like curious listeners or like um or you know people who maybe just are kind of listening to what's on the radio and how did they like talk about those how did they like introduce you to music
1: Never thought about this before. Um, I think it was more casual. I mean, they both grew up being involved in music. They were both in high school band and marching band. And we never had specific conversations about, um, I guess, specific listening it was more just like my dad had a record player and yeah they're from michigan and so like kind of the detroit rock scene was something they were really interested in so he would like be blasting ted nugent cool and
0: yeah
1: (laughs) um those kind of people. I can't think of any of the I other artists feel like right it's now. It's
0: just like a small um, distinction to like, like what is the function of music or like, you know, even I have to imagine like my parents didn't have a record player. We had like cassette tapes, but I, I have to imagine that like, you know, a record player has like a bit of pride and like, yeah. even just kind of seeing like, I, I imagine that sort of seeing that, like, I don't know, little bit of, um, heightened appreciation, like it means something to a child. Like, maybe you kind of, your early thoughts about like what the, what the value of music is might be shaped by that.
1: Totally. Yeah. It was just always a part of if there's a social event or if it's just the weekend and we're hanging out, like there's going to be music playing in the background. Yeah. And I think just being immersed in that sort of environment just made me hungry to listen to more stuff. Yeah,
0: Or like, I know like neither of us have kids, but I I'm sure if we did, we would be like ooh, let's listen to this today, you know, like would be like excited to <laughs> this like, this is your inter- education. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there It would be a little bit more than like what's entertaining to us today. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always curious about those kinds of things. Like what, cause I think in my childhood, like my parents were also both like they, like my, I think they both took piano lessons at some point. I know my mom like maybe played violin for a minute in elementary school or something. Um, and they were both in like high school, their high school musicals, but it was very like, this is designed to entertain us the end. Right. Like there was definitely no, like, what, like, how does this make you feel, like, you know, so the context yeah. was like, like there was definitely music in my home and there was like really funky music in my home, which is why, like, I think I'm good at 16th notes, you know, like <laughs> I think like I had those things like in my body as a small child, totally. but, but the context was definitely like, this is something that is made by other people like to entertain us. Right. Um, I don't know, which is just, I don't know. I think it's interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> think I think I, I feel similarly about it. It was never... Yeah. What 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 are you feeling about this music yeah. or any sort of analysis of it? Other than this is fun, this entertains us. This right. accompanies
0: our life. Sure, sure, sure. What about? So you were reading. You were reading a lot. You like uh, like yeah. a book child. Yeah. Um. How did you like? Did you feel like you were independent about like the kind of books you were choosing, um, or was it kind of like, hey like your mom being like, Hey, we're let's read now. Let's like have some <laughs> reading time.
1: I think it was a mix. Um, I also have an older sister, so we had lots of books in the house. So I'm sure I read lots of stuff that she just had laying around. And my mom's also a librarian. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think she told me what to read, but I was just brought to the library a lot. Yeah. And it was like, okay, choose stuff. Um, so Yeah.
0: I think I'm wondering if, like, your relationship with, like, the characters you were reading about, like, if, if that felt like, if it felt like, um, the kind of personal or if it was like, I'm a kid and I read.
1: I would love to say it was more personal and deep, but I think it was more just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what's I'm available, and this I is read. awesome. Yeah,
0: awesome. <laughs> Library, love,
1: yeah. Scholastic Book Fair, you know, just get, like, the, the coolest. Book Fair was the best thing. You know, like the... I'm trying to remember. what was that one series? The Met uh with the Tree House, the Tree House series. I don't Do you know, know what I'm talking about.
0: No, you're not thinking of like the boxcar children.
1: No, but I read those. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm there was this particular series I really liked. Obviously stuck with me because yeah. I can't even <laughs> recall the title. So but that's <laughs>
0: hard though. Like I'll get little like I'll get little flickers sometimes of like a book that I read and I'll be like, what could that have been? Like because I still sometimes will remember like little things, but yeah, yeah unless it was a book that like I owned and saw on like my bookshelf for years and years like it's gone I (laughs) I think more than anything
1: else books were just a place where your imagination could run wild you were free to explore and I don't want to say I was like a sheltered child my husband would say that I (laughs) that I was but I I feel like that was a place of freedom for me because my parents were kind of like strict and
0: I think that's what I meant like you're like if if your your relationship with books kind of became a place where like you had like a different kind of autonomy yeah which sounds like maybe yeah 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 I think I felt like that too which also like I wonder sometimes like you know when we talk about creativity it's easy to think that we're talking about like the things we're like making Hmm. but I think especially in childhood it's like a lot internal like your your earliest um you know, building your little creative synapses is like much more much more internal, and yeah. it would be things like teaching your cabbage patch kids, yeah and also like you know, I don't know like i, I think i I think and like memory is very tricky, but I think I felt as a child like that when I was reading, I could kind of experience like a like a different level of like independence in, in my imagination, I yeah, you know, definitely. that was probably like pretty valuable for my, like my identity, which wasn't independent at all, like in real <laughs> life. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Totally. I never thought about it that way, but I think there really is something to be said for those yeah. connections. And
0: is there anything else you want to say about like your early, like imagination, imaginary life, or like, you know, I don't know, like maybe how you were if if at some point maybe you felt like you were consuming music or hearing music differently from your parents um if not we can skip ahead to the teen years
1: um i definitely also have really strong memories of writing musicals cool alone in my room yeah um i had a little keyboard that had all these preset little tunes awesome so those would be my tracks (laughs) And I'd write lyrics about God knows what. Wow. Um, And they didn't get performed for anyone. It was just for me. And
0: how old Um, were you when you like started doing that?
1: Probably elementary school.
0: Did you, do you remember like, (laughs) like, do you remember how how you felt about it? Like, did you feel like this is really cool? Like, I'm proud of this. Or did you feel like, I hope nobody hears what I'm doing (laughs) or like.
1: You know what? I feel like it was something for me, honestly. I wasn't like, I hope to share this with the world one day and go on Broadway. I just, I don't know. It was a way to pass the time. And
0: did you feel proud of it? Did you feel like this is really cool? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah. And how, like, how seriously (laughs) did you take it? Like, were you like writing your lyrics down? Was it all memorized? Like, how how far was the vision going in your mind?
1: I can't remember if I wrote lyrics down, but I definitely, I had it memorized. I could perform it. I recorded it myself wow. on like my cassette tape well, player. Who knows where these are?
0: I love it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like these things are things that we can kind of like take for granted, but like, of course we know that like most children don't play this way, which makes me, I think, I mean, I don't know that many kids, but it makes me think that like, there's something to be said for like just... Like, I, I'm i kind of obsessed with the idea of, like, permission and ownership and the way that, like, some children are just like, yeah, I'm going to just – I'm going to do this thing. Like, even right. if no one told me to, even if, um, you know, I don't know any other kids that are doing these things, et cetera. Like, there's something – there's like a, there's, like, a little bit of – I don't know. Like, it's almost like a leadership skill or something. Yeah. <laughs> Starting – kind of manifesting in this, like – or, like – I love these creative mediums, like whatever they may be in such a way that like, I'm going to um, like harness them in this kind of like heightened way. Totally. I don't know. It feels, it feels really interesting to me. Like, I yeah. feel like it, as an adult, like if I knew that there was a child in my life that was doing something like that, I would be like, tell me everything. <laughs> right? Like, do you feel like you would be like, excited about a child that was doing that yeah
1: I I definitely and I mean having some training in music education that sort of exploratory play is something that with young kids you know especially six seven years old you really try to harness that so that they don't lose it yeah (laughs) whereas I think I was doing a lot of it behind closed doors and being the weird
0: yeah yeah,
1: the weird child. But even but like, yeah, I like it, the way you're framing it. <laughs>
0: I, I, I mean, I feel very optimistic about these things. But yeah, like, I think ex, like exploratory play. Maybe, maybe this is like a generational thing too. But I feel like it's kind of rare. Like, I don't. I mean, as a teacher, I teach some little kids. You teach some little kids too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I see it being pretty rare. Like, you know, al- almost like the, the decision to like play in an exploratory way is already creative. like yeah. feeling like I'm just gonna do this thing that I haven't seen anyone do. I feel like that that is like creative.
1: Yeah, and I think it's innate for all of us. but as you get older and you learn more about yeah. judgment and what other people think that we lose it.
0: Well, and I also wonder if like play is a little bit more programmatic because of like technology. Like that's true. Kids are playing like games that are like defined and have really clear boundaries right. where like, you know, before we had that kind of thing, like
1: just put you in a room and just
0: you figure it, it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I do sometimes wonder if like these things are a bit generational and like exploratory play is like a a bit more, yeah, like inconceivable to children. That's true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about how technology is kind of upending yeah. a lot of those things that, it's that, so, that we experience. The
0: boundaries are so clearly defined. Like mm-hmm. even when I'm teaching little kids and I'll I'll ask them like a simple question like like I'll do these exercises sometimes where like we pick like a random chord and then like just try on like other chords next to it. And I'll be like, you know, just pick one, like pick any chord. We kind mm-hmm. of test them next to each other. And then I'll ask them like, what kind of story does that feel like it's going to tell? And it seems like the kind of thing that like little kids would love to do. And they sometimes look at me like, w- what are we doing? Like, what is, what is the structure <laughs> of this? Like, yeah. so I don't know. I don't know if maybe I was just a weird child and maybe you were a weird child. <laughs> or if, I, I like- think
1: that's definitely part of it. <laughs> And that's why we're here today.
0: I know. I know. Well, I think about this a lot, which is also why I like I like talking to other adult creatives <clears throat> almost like we're like I'm gathering data. Like <laughs> what were the boundaries of like how these things were, you know, these little roots were were starting to kind of like reach out in our early childhoods.
1: Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> so when did you start taking any like formal um music lessons?
1: So I started early with piano lessons. I want to say <laughs> second grade. Cool. Me too. Yeah. So and much. I took through like the end of fifth grade okay. and when it came to middle school and we could choose an instrument. I wanted to quit piano, um, which, of course, I'm regretful as yeah. everyone who does that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was my first. Why foray. did you want to quit piano? Well, I wanted to start taking drum lessons you just
0: wanted you were excited about drums
1: yeah cool. and I I didn't want to do both and I didn't see the value of doing both
0: sure sure I mean
1: <laughs> and I didn't like practicing so I thought you know just start a new instrument because that's you know I won't have to practice anymore right yeah.
0: <laughs> it was really sound that's logic very silly um how did you like get the idea that you wanted to do drums
1: um part of it was my dad was a drummer okay in high school cool um He wasn't telling me that that's what I needed to do, but I also just wanted to do something that not a lot of other girls did.
0: Yeah, tell me everything about that. (laughs) Like, what was your thought process about that like?
1: It was literally like, okay, what are the coolest instruments? Let me make a list of those. So I think my list was like flute, saxophone, and drums. Cool. Those are clearly the coolest instruments. And then I was like, well, flute, a lot of girls play that. I don't want to be like them. And then saxophone was also very popular. And I was like, you know what? I want to be a girl drummer. That sounds awesome.
0: And did this feel like, was this something that you were like talking about with other adults? Like I'll be the girl drummer or was it like, like I'm wondering, you know, and we can always like forgive our young selves for like funky logic, (laughs) but I'm curious, like, did you just feel like, Hey, I'm not like other girls and I'd like to like manifest this somehow? Or like, what was it like from your perspective?
1: I think it was a sense of feeling not, not super relatable to other girls. Yeah.
0: Um, wanting to differentiate a bit.
1: Yeah. 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 And I thought it was really cool when my dad would do things with drumsticks. Like we had a practice pad and he would play some rudiments and I was like, wow, I want to do that. So I think it was, it was both of those things wanting to be different, but also trying to do something like my dad
0: yeah and did you get any pushback when you picked drums no from nobody from no. no peers or anything that's awesome
1: and no what... I was the only one though so oh,
0: yeah the only. I
1: mean the, the thing that happened it wasn't pushback back to choose the instrument but once we were in class that's kind of there are some of this yeah. the stereotypes of like girls play mallets and boys play drums and Dumb. because I had piano background I could read music right and since they couldn't, I was often put on the parts that required reading music.
0: Yeah. Um, and then you feel like you're being like put in a box that you never like asked for. Yeah.
1: yeah. And at that age, I wasn't thinking of it that way. I was just like, Oh, I can read music. So I get to do this thing. Yeah. Whereas by them it was like, Oh, well that's just what the girl sure. does.
0: And what age did you start drums? Sixth grade. Okay. Cool. So I guess eleven. And then during, so I want to talk about like how you kind of went from like, oh, I'm starting this thing to like, I'm taking this thing really seriously. Mm. Um, But, but maybe before we talk about that, were there any other mediums, um, formal or informal that were like important to you during your teen years? Like, were you singing? Were you like still writing?
1: Yeah. Um, I was singing throughout. I was in choir too. And I did a church choir and I wasn't in choir at school, but I did this. They had this youth program at cool. the university that I was singing in. Awesome. I did that through middle school, but then once I got to high school, I stopped.
0: or like, like too busy, you kind of to pick. Yeah,
1: yeah, I had to kind of focus, but did I've always just sang and not like f- performing for anyone. I just
0: it's a medium that you like. Yeah, it, it gives you. I something. just walk
1: around and I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> How's
0: it going? Love. <laughs> did you do, ever do any dance? No. <laughs> okay. <cool. laughs> yeah. Just like a hard no.
1: <laughs> well, I love dance. I think it, it's amazing to watch, and yeah. I really wish I could dance. but yeah. And even though I have rhythm, I cannot control my limbs. I was just telling this. I was just like telling this to
0: our mutual friend David a couple of weeks ago that I always did dance as a kid, and I was so bad at it. But my teachers would always be like, they would always tell my parents like, Emily has really good rhythm the end
1: <laughs> well and that's the thing that you can have beautiful dancers who just when they yeah. they perform with music there's not a connection yeah. so I get that that's
0: yeah and that's I, a special I thing do you had. feel like I still remember that because I mean I think that feedback was given and I definitely was like there like I was there like while the feedback was given like I remember <laughs> being but I don't remember feeling bad about being like not graceful I remember feeling like so proud that I'd good rhythm like yeah. that's the thing that I remember um, but I, I know my, my dance teacher would like put me in the choreography in a way where like, I would be the first one coming out. Cause I could like, um, I, cause I had the, I had good rhythm. <laughs> like I yeah. knew which count to come in on. Right. But yeah, there's, there are, there's much, there's a lot of photographic evidence of me as a child, <laughs> like being like real crooked next to like all these other like perfect little posture ballerinas. Um, but yeah, no, I feel the same way as you. I love, um, yeah, see, it's still f- totally fine. Yeah, Just, I heard the pop. Yeah, that you're it's talking a weird about. pop, but it's like still totally fine. Yeah. um anyway, Yeah, I have. Yeah.
1: I'm very clumsy. Like yeah. even <laughs> daily, I'm running into <laughs> Me too. walls that are in the same place each day. <laughs> Dishwashers down, I see it, go right into it. <laughs> I do the same thing. And. You know, I would say I have no coordination, but that's not true because I've learned coordination for percussion, but I do not have natural coordination.
0: I feel like I have like bad, like body awareness. Like, I don't know, like, I see like a space and I think (laughs) I know how I'm gonna like fit through that space. And then I like don't know. This
1: is very relatable (laughs) to me.
0: (laughs) Like, I'm always like, I'm always catching my elbow on a doorknob. Oh, but I feel like very sure that I'm like, yeah. I'm yeah. going to, I'm way clear of the door.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've got bruises at all times. <laughs> Knees and elbows or like shins. Forget it.
0: <laughs> I know. I was like, ho- like carrying a music stand is like the most precarious thing. Like <laughs> I will like walk my leg, like directly into like the bottom, like metal spike
1: yep. <laughs> shins.
0: Forget <laughs> it. Like I'm with you, with you there. That's but awesome. I, I also always have a bruise like on my hip from my desk. Okay. Like I That's- always have, I have like a permanent hip bruise and I also have like a permanent shoulder bruise because the, um, the banisters on the staircase, like they hit me on my shoulders. Oh no. I'm so short. <laughs> but yeah, I'm always running into those.
1: Well, I'm glad we could both persevere with this detail
0: i i feel I the same i feel okay. the same <laughs> also like i had a st- I had a thing like anyone who knew me as like a teen or a young adult would know that i like would always wear heels i was like from the time i was like 14 i was like never not wearing heels until i was like 28 wow. um i don't know where this came from i think it's like a family culture thing like all of the women in my family wear heels so, mm. like up until like including like my teeny tiny grandma in her wheelchair like stilettos so um so like the combination of like always wearing heels and being like very clumsy is like it's a bad idea for me
1: i was gonna say i mean i don't know that's why i don't wear heels is because i would just be tripping all the time or like really focusing
0: yeah i do really focus (laughs) okay so tell me about your like the the process of going from like I want to be a cool girl drummer and I don't want to practice piano anymore to like being someone who like majors in music. So like it during these years from like, you know, 12 to 18, how did your relationship with creativity, with your instrument, with music in general, how did they evolve? So I
1: think the first step was that for high school, I went to this performing arts school. Oh, cool. Um, There's a magnet school in Vegas where you have to audition, but it's still a public school. But there you do your music classes every single day and as you progress through you can take more electives and so it's not you're not just in band you can be in band and orchestra and music theory and all these different things
0: how did you get the idea to go to that school
1: um my sister actually went first okay um she's five years older but when we first moved to vegas she was starting high school
0: and what did she go for
1: clarinet okay cool yeah
0: so this there had been a precedent set and it wasn't like a weird like you know paving a new path
1: yeah yeah I think something unique about Vegas at the time and I guess it still exists but is that they have a handful of these magnet schools and again all public schools but you can just go into certain interests and in general they're better schools you know, like students just tend to perform better there. So I think my parents were like, oh, interesting. Did
0: you have any peers that like weren't at the performing arts school with you? It was kind of like everyone you knew in the performing arts school.
1: Um, So I knew some kids like in my neighborhood who were going to the local high school. Okay. But once I went to high school, I didn't really and see them anymore. F-
0: final question about this. <laughs> did you feel like like what did it kind of mean for your like, young identity to be, like, differentiated in that way? Like, I'm going to... I'm, like, staking a claim in, like, a heightened interest in performing arts. Yeah. Like, did that mean Did that mean anything to you? Anything specific?
1: I think so. I think it was a unique experience because everyone was at the school by choice. Yeah. And you could leave at any time and go to your home school. Cool. So it was kind of... I think there was some pride of going there, but it was just also immersed by a lot. You were in an immersive environment with a lot of people who had similar interests. Yeah. Yeah. Passion for, and it wasn't just music. There were dance people and theater and art and more than being actually prideful of myself. It was just like, wow, there are like people around who can all do really cool stuff. That's
0: (laughs) really, I mean, I feel like that's the kind of thing that can really make a difference to like how you see your relationship with, whatever your medium is or yeah. with the arts in general to kind of not feel like, uh, like a, like weird, yeah. you know?
1: And I had no interest in sports or like, you know, the stereotypical high school experience, which I didn't have, but I see in movies, you know, yeah, with jocks yeah. and cheerleaders. And it's
0: real. It yeah. was real in my high school.
1: Yeah. yeah that stuff didn't <laughs> exist at our school. Like everyone was kind of weird and of the weird spectrum. I was not on the super weird. There were like way weirder people. So (laughs) it felt like a very comforting, safe safe sort of place.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So great. That's super interesting. And then how did you, how did you start to build your relationship with like practice, like, you know, getting into the things like beyond an interest and kind of into like a, like a, an excellence.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, I started taking lessons when I was in sixth grade, and I was with the same teacher for a while, and then I think when I was a sophomore, I switched to a college teacher, Okay, cool. Um, and with the kind of the idea that maybe I want to take this somewhere and do this post-high school, so by studying with them and kind of talking about what does it look like to go to school for music, what does that require, and they kind of put me on a path to, okay, you have to start playing this kind of music. You have to start practicing. Yeah. Like
0: how did you like day. take that as a child?
1: Um, I am super motivated by structure.
0: Yeah. me too. Um, yeah. so
1: <laughs> to be like, if you do this, like you can get this. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I could really run for that. And I'm totally a perfectionist when time when I want to be, I used yeah. to be more. So I'm yeah, letting yeah. that go a little more now, but Um,
0: Well, I feel like there's I I was just talking about this with someone else. And also, I feel like it's like one of my personal soapboxes like this year, like, it's just a topic that I'm like, (laughs) like, going through a phase in. But I think there's a difference between like, the type of the type of perfectionism that you're talking about, which is like, I will keep working on this until it like meets my private standard. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like what a lot of people call perfectionism is like, I won't even do anything unless I'm sure it will be perfect. Mm. Um, which is like a, like a non-starter type of perfectionism. Um, I see that a lot in my teaching. I don't know if you see it, but I see, I see a lot of students who like, they say they want to write, you know, original music and they never even try. Cause they like, they'll say like, I'm a perfectionist. And like, every time I start, it just, it's not good. Mm. Um, which is really different than like, it's not good. Therefore I will do it 20 more times. Right. Yeah. Until it's good.
1: That's the sort of perfectionist I mean, for sure.
0: Of course. Yeah, (laughs) of course it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I do think like, you know, there's, we talk about like, you know, recovering from perfectionism or the ways that perfectionism is like maladaptive. And I tend to kind of think that like that type of perfectionism like isn't really maladaptive. Like maybe we need balance, like, especially because you know, if you're always kind of, like, moving that bar for yourself, like, you can just get tired. Yeah, but like burn out. But you don't need to worry about that probably when you're, like, a teenager. Yeah. Because like, you're at the bottom.
1: Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think that's probably, like, quite healthy for a teenager, you know. Yeah. As long as you're, like, um, as long as, like, your self-worth is not, like, tied up in it. Yeah. Which that's a whole different conversation
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I was thinking that deeply about things yeah. then. So I you can't... just knew
0: you wanted to like execute the things.
1: Yeah. The goal was I have to do well at this because I want to go to college and I want to just yeah. be successful, whatever that means. So Did, that was always the factor. Was there
0: like a point at which you were starting to kind of like rise to like the top of your class in terms of like your skill level? Um, yeah, I mean, That didn't really happen in my high school because my high school was just like the type where like a lot of the kids were excellent. mm, So that's I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, there there were definitely a lot of students who were excellent. So I don't I'm not even exactly sure how to.
0: I think I'm just wondering if like at any if if at any point you kind of felt like I'm exceptional at this.
1: Um, I don't think I've ever been that confident in my whole life.
0: Same. Yeah, same. (laughs)
1: But um, I mean I definitely like as I got older and you know, I was an upperclassman and I, you know, I could tell that the work I was putting in was putting me at a different level. But there were in my class, especially there were like four of us who were really all went on to be music pretty majors. Serious, yeah. So everybody was pretty serious. So that was really motivating too. Cool. It's like, Oh, they're doing that. I have to keep up. I have to, totally. you know, keep practicing.
0: I think that's so important. Like having peers that like kick your butt like yeah. in a, in like a kind way, like yeah. it, what's more vo- motivating than like watching someone your same age, like just killing it. Totally. It's, I think that's, I think that's super valuable. Um, what about like more kind of, and and it's okay if like, these are things that you're like not thinking about until later, but if you are thinking about them in high school, I'd love to know of like, um, less like, you know, drum or percussion specific and more just like music, like how your, how your relationship with music is, is changing or like, what did it kind of mean to you?
1: I think in high school, it was all about consuming music and yeah. i was meeting a lot of different people who listened to m- different music than i listened to um and that was back when we you know made playlists for each other and burned yeah. cds uh-huh. yeah so <laughs> it was making and and receiving burned cds from a lot of friends yeah and so just really kind of expanding the things that i liked and i was never uh even though you know i'm probably more so a classical musician than anything else that was not what I (laughs) listened to before college um so it was pop music and rock music and soul and funk and yeah um and And, musical theater and yeah so just exposing all that I think it just made it exciting like oh there's
0: this whole world out there how did you feel about it like like did it so this there's this whole world out there did it feel like um I don't know. Like how, how did you see yourself like fitting into it? Like, did it feel like I want to know all these things or like, I don't know, like just how did it feel?
1: Yeah, it definitely made me want to know more. And especially I got super into um, musical theater and like wanting to play in pit orchestras.
0: Yeah. Um, cool.
1: Which I got to do at that school but and in college and I still want to do that more. Hire, yeah.
0: hire me, if you're listening. There is, like, a circuit. Like, I I bet there are, like, do you already know any of the people locally who do that kind of thing?
1: I know a few. I was just put in contact with the, the contractor who I think hires I for a lot say, of I was going to say, like, I might
0: be able to, like, I might know some of the shows. people who are into that.
1: Yeah. 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 A lot of the times they bring in people yeah. Um, from New York or from wherever. So it's kind of hard to break in. But yeah. um,
0: it can maybe be, like, supplemented by, like, local yeah local instrumentalists but I just think it's so
1: fun I mean for percussion it's so varied what we get to do we get to play so many different instruments and then I just love musical theater in general like even though I was never part of it it I like being an audience member so it's fun to like be part of it
0: well it's just like this like the storytelling is so specifically heightened in musical theater in a way that's just like really rich yeah Um, I feel the same way like it's so visual And not just because of like the costumes, but also the movement. And I don't know. It's,
1: I just think it's also a medium medium. where it's not always taken too seriously by everyone. I mean, it is serious art, but I think there's also a self-awareness about the sometimes campiness and the, like we're talking about something and then all of a sudden it's this like ballad. It's just like, I just love that.
0: Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice. It's like, it fits it fits maybe like some of our personalities like a little better yeah Yeah. I also feel like I can't take myself that seriously sometimes but I also take myself like pretty seriously and Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like I know what you mean with that like it's like a (laughs) musical theater's like like they're definitely taking their skills like so seriously like it's athletic and it's like incredible but like the whole context of it is like yeah. we know this is like kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think, I, I think I feel the same way. <laughs> okay. So tell me about like applying to schools, like deciding where you wanted to go, kind of like officially making this kind of decision about your future.
1: So I was influenced a lot by the teachers I had in high school. And there was also kind of a pipeline that had started with percussion students and going to the specific school that I ended up going to. Um, So my private teacher and my, we had a percussion teacher at the high school. Um, They had, you know, the list of schools that they encouraged. And where my percussion teacher at high school went was the Hart School in Connecticut. Okay. Which is where I ended up going. Um, But before me, um, Shane had gone there, my husband. Yeah um, then boyfriend.
0: Oh, wait, and wait, wait, wait. You knew him in high school. <laughs> yes. Okay. I had forgotten this. How, yes. how did, how did that happen? Cause he's not from there, right?
1: Yeah. Or, he he is. is. Yeah. Okay. We're both from Vegas. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. We met, we met in high school. First day of band camp. Wow.
0: <laughs> and so he had already gone there. Yeah. He, he had finished a bachelor's degree or
1: no, 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 no. He was, he's two years older.
0: Okay. So he was like, he had gone. He, yeah, he was
1: there okay, like, when okay, I was I see, I see. doing that process.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: so that helped make the decision. But it was also because there was a relationship with that teacher because yeah. students were coming there. The teacher from Connecticut, he had come to Vegas and like done recruiting yeah. and performing and stuff.
0: And did you get any um, any pushback from anybody on this whole, like, you can't make a career in music kind of thing? Um,
1: not so outright, but I think my parents were a little bit skeptical. Um, I think they could see that I was really dedicated and I also did, I did performance, but I also did music education. So I think there was always the, you know, that's the job security. And you
0: love teaching from like a young age.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And and I do love teaching. So I think, you know, you always need teachers. So they weren't so worried about it. I also
0: think teaching is so creative. Like I mean, I think like, I've thought about this a lot and the older that I get, the more that I think about it, but I think like more than I've ever loved music. I love being creative. Like, I think I could have plugged in like any number of things to like that desire and would have been like equally happy. Um, mm. Like, I'm glad it's music. Like music definitely feels like the thing that's the most, um, like it, like it feels natural. Like it feels like an easy kind of like a, it's easy to achieve a flow state. Yeah. there. But I think like the thing that I really like is like creative problem solving and like mm. just, you know, I like creativity and teaching, like teaching feels so creative to me. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure you feel that way too.
1: Totally. Yeah. And exhausting sometimes Mm -hmm. the amount of creativity you have to have in teaching to like really engage your students yes yes
0: like (laughs) thinking about
1: that lately (laughs) really
0: I think about it so much like the we can dive we can come back to college (laughs) let's just talk about this while we're here (laughs) oh no I love it it's perfect but yeah no I feel that way too like like that kind of instantaneous problem solving of like where are the students today what is their vibe like and like changing the entire your entire like self, but what does it feel like to you? What have you been thinking about lately?
1: Well, I, before I know this is totally messing up our timeline again, but hey, I taught for elementary and middle school band for a year, um, after finished all my schooling and I was going to continue with that. But with jobs and life, um, we moved and I did different things, but, um, that year was really rewarding, but incredibly exhausting. Yeah. And just, you're like a performer all the time, I feel like, mm-hmm. as a teacher. And not inauthentic, but it's just like a projecting an energy and a way totally. to engage students. And I just found that to be like, I applaud yeah. <laughs> public school teachers, especially, for doing it day in and day out. Um, but I personally felt so drained by it that yeah. it was kind of like damping my creativity mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. because it was just constant.
0: I've definitely found that I have to have boundaries between like my teaching creativity and like my personal creativity for that same reason. Mm-hmm. Like there was a period of time, um, when we had lived here in Utah for maybe four years, five years. And I was te- I was teaching private lessons 36 hours a week. Wow. Like, which was, just unhealthy like it was not good (laughs) but yeah i would get like these headaches like my scalp because of like my eyebrows like my my eyebrows had been like too engaged like the whole day you know (laughs) yeah and i would get these like like top of like the scalp headaches because like my eyebrows were like i got all those muscles were like moving too much yeah But yeah, this, I've also been thinking about this lately and I've, I've talked about it with my last couple of podcast guests, but one thing I've been talking about with my UVU students, which like, I haven't had much more of my teaching experience has been out of college, like outside of college. Mm -hmm. So there's something a little bit special. And then when I was teaching at BYU, I I was teaching private lessons, but I was teaching non-majors. So like, this is kind of my first experience teaching music majors, private lessons, um, which has been interesting, but one thing I've been trying to impress upon my students this year is like part of the skill that you're learning is creating like a mood out of nowhere. And like, that is something that you can, and I think should practice like in your lessons too. Like I'm doing it Mm -hmm. and you can do it too. Like, you know, can we, can we like out of thin air make this like a really like deep, artful environment? Can we make it like a, like a fun, like a storytelling environment. Um, and yeah, when you're teaching, like that is what you're doing. It's not inauthentic, but it is like, I will summon an authentic joy into this room, regardless of what's going on.
1: Yeah. And you just have to set aside, you know, if you're tired, you're having a bad day. Like I don't bring that into my teaching. I don't think I do. I try not to. Yeah. And that's very tiring. It's an incredible (laughs) skill.
0: It's an incredible skill. I think it's kind of magical, like having the ability to like, like summon a true, like a true joy, like a true happiness. Even if you know, it's temporary, like, you know, the second you like get back in your car, like, you know, you're back to real life. But I think it's like a, like a very magnificent, like it's a, to me, it feels like a testament to like, Human resilience. Like it feels (laughs) like it feels like mega creative to me that we can kind of like hack our own like biology in this way. Yeah. It feels like totally. It feels like a really, really cool skill. Do you feel like that about it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I haven't, you're framing things, you know, in different ways for me today, (laughs) which is awesome. But totally. Yeah. I definitely feel like there's a moment, and especially when, when, you can see those light bulb moments and totally. You're like, wow, this is great. And then, you know, they leave the room and you're like, ah, okay. I know. Now I can just like be my uh my not outgoing self. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well sometimes I'll even like I'll get home, I'll get home after like a day of teaching and I'll say to Andrew, like, he'll ask me how my day was and I'll be like, I was a really good teacher today. (laughs) And like I don't always feel like that. Like I it's like I always feel like I try my best, but sometimes I feel like I, I'm not, I, I haven't managed to like on the days that I feel like I'm a good teacher. What I mean is that I've like, I've tapped into like that, like kind of empathy where like I can be like exactly what the student needs Mm. or exactly what like the class needs. Um, and sometimes like it's never for lack of trying, but sometimes I just like, can't figure it out. Like I don't, I don't have that kind of ease of like oh, I see it. I see like what you need and like, here's what we're going to try, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it's on the days that I, that I do feel like I'm kind of like, like I'll have like an idea of something that I've never tried before. And then it like works it. There's very little that's more like rewarding than that. Yeah, It feels pretty cool. I
1: love though, just thinking about teaching as such a creative thing. And I don't think that's always what's impressed upon students. We're training to be teachers. Totally. And, you know, excuse me, that the people who are going into education are the ones that, you know, they're not creative or good enough like performers, but really it's a whole different sort of creativity where you have to be so on top of, Mm -hmm. um, in tune with your students and let's try this, let's try Mm -hmm. this. Oh, that didn't work. And resilience, like you mentioned. Yeah. So
0: I couldn't agree more. Like it feels it feels like max creative. And I also think like, like maybe this is taking it a step too far, but like, whatever, <laughs> I like really like <laughs> teaching too. So, but I feel like, you know, learning how to hack your own creativity as like a, like a, like a non-teacher that's like tricky enough, like learning how to kind of like maximize your creativity, how to kind of like tap into it, like where to find inspiration, um, how to kind of like, structure your practice so that, you know, in a way that like works for you, like being creative about your own kind of growth as an, as an individual creative, that's really hard. Doing that for like hundreds of other people is insane. Like yeah. looking at your students and thinking like, "Okay, hey, this is what I know about you. Like, this is what I know about our medium. Let me like make some very specifically tailored instructions for you like that is it's like three steps it's like three levels deep yeah right it really is I think it's cool yes I'm like I could nerd out about it all day (laughs) um so tell me about like tell me about your college years and I um I think you'll know better than I will what's interesting so um the kinds of the kinds of things that I that I love to talk about are like you know, how do we, how do we build our identity as artists? Like, how do you kind of start to come into your own in that way? Um, how do you kind of like manage the logistics of it? Like practice or imposter syndrome or, you know, whatever the things are for yeah. you. And then I don't know, like if there's anything you, any kind of like revelations you feel like you had during those years about like creativity, Yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to talk about. Or you can just like storytell through it. Yeah. And okay. like say okay. whatever you want whenever okay. it comes up <laughs> or I'll ask questions.
1: Okay. um, co- I miss college so much. Yeah. Did you, I don't know about you, but I just found college to be, as I look back, just like the best times. I,
0: I also <laughs> miss college. And then I, I like on top of that though, I feel like, um, I have a lot of grief about the fact that I like was LDS during school Mm. which is just like
1: yeah yeah, definitely another layer
0: I feel like I didn't get I didn't allow myself to like I kept a lot of things at arm's reach Mm. because I felt I had like gender baggage like gender roles baggage and a lot of things like that that I feel like there were a lot of things that I really um like was so moved by that I kind of felt like I can't quite let myself um like embrace that yeah because i because i'm it's not gonna fit with like my future
1: right right
0: which was all bullshit yes so
1: let's redo so <laughs> let's yeah go back to school no
0: I'm just yeah, kidding I, <laughs> I have been thinking about like maybe getting an mba all right i don't know yeah i probably won't <laughs> About it sometimes when I have these like <laughs> moments where I'm like, no one values me in my <laughs> profession. We value you, I value you, Emily. <laughs> yeah, I value you too. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think like if I hadn't been LDS and I hadn't been like thinking that I needed to like bargain, yeah, about my future, totally. I would have liked it even more. But yeah. I did, I did love it. But yeah, yeah. you loved college, and then <sighs>
1: yes, yes. So it, it was just a time for me where you know, you're just there to focus on music, which is just like, what a concept. And I feel like people tell you that your professors and others, and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like there's always going to be time, but really it's just a very unique time Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. for me, I didn't have other responsibilities other than school. That's what I was there to do. I did end up up getting a part-time job, but I did that just because I wanted extra spending money and yeah, it's just, you know, it wasn't just the, the musical experience, but the social experience. And yeah. I wanted to go very far away from where I was mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Vegas. Yeah. So I went, you know, 2,700 miles away. To just to see ya. Um, and that was just awesome to have yeah. that freedom. I had, well, my second year I had a car. I was, I lived in an apartment. It was just wow. like, this is all my thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So I think that was really formative and just really being able to assert my independence Mm -hmm. from my parents and just do what I wanted, Yeah, Um, which was nothing crazy. Like I did my schoolwork and I practiced lots. That is like (laughs) identity
0: identity building though. Like this is the kind of adult that I'm going to be. Like I'm going to be an adult who like is very independent, like takes these things very seriously. I don't know. I think it makes perfect sense.
1: Absolutely. And I started private teaching cool. and gigging. There were so many opportunities there, even for college students. Um, there was a huge culture of doing, um, again, musical theater in the community. So cool. all of these high schools did productions and community theaters. There were professional theaters, too, um, but they hired out their musicians for the pit. Cool. So that was a big part of the experience is awesome. playing all these shows and it being, you know, a paying gig but low stakes because yeah. it was, you know, not yeah. a lot of pay, but it's yeah. like I'm doing a gig. I'm totally. a professional. So it was it was building that. And then I feel like as far as coming into my own with artistry, that really didn't happen until grad school. Okay. I definitely felt by the end of my undergrad like, okay, I've learned all these fundamentals. I have these techniques. Yeah. If you asked me who I was as an artist, it's like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I find that this is
0: really common and like it happens in both directions. Like, cause I've done, I've, I've interviewed like 125 people now or something like that and, mm-hmm. and all different mediums. And it's so interesting, like which things, you know, we'll have in common and which things are different. But I find that they're. I'm the same as you. Like, I feel like I, w- I took really early to like structure and practice. And I felt a lot of pride about that. And that is creative too. Like, I think anyway, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, setting a goal and then building your steps to like get you to that goal. Like yeah. that's, that's quite creative, I think. Um, and that stuff was very natural for me. And I don't think I had like any clue about these kind of like more intangible creative skills of like mm-hmm. perspective, like, I don't know, totally. uh, paradigm shifting <laughs> until I was like, for sure in my master's degree and probably really just laughter.
1: Yeah. Like probably more yeah. so after. And my undergrad teacher was super pragmatic and okay, you're going to do this, this, and this. And then after you do that, you're going to do this, this, and this. And by the time mm. you're done, you'll have checked all these boxes and I checked them all and that yeah. was great. But, um, in my master's, it was really nice because both of my teachers, especially one of them was more like, I come into my first lesson and play the first phrase. And he's like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like,
0: what do you mean? Um, what are you I trying to say? I don't know
1: what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and those were the only questions he asked throughout my time there. It wasn't comments uh, about my technique I or, um, and I think at that time, you know, it was cause the technique was fine, but even that just wasn't what was yeah. his perspective. And that was really what I needed yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, okay, I guess I have to do everything with intention and mm-hmm. I have to make choices that I've thought about aka defining intention yeah um and that was really um important for me um to make me more just well-rounded well and just like
0: back on this like teaching question or thing that we were talking about like I'm sure that that same teacher was like only talking about technique with some of your peers like I mean this is like a perfect example of like this teacher like I would guess he you said he yeah I would guess that he like was probably spent a lot more time talking about technique with people and was maybe like had his like teaching strategies more figured out there, but to like have you come in the room and just realize like it's not what she needs and like <laughs> well, focus on a totally different thing or, yeah. or no.
1: I mean, I think I still had lots of technical things to work on, but sure. I, I understand what yeah. you mean. That was definitely his forte as a teacher oh, really? and not Good. that he didn't, cool. you know, not that he couldn't get musical stuff out of people, mm-hmm. but that was just, I don't know, not what his focus, my perception, you know, it'd be interesting to be on the fly on the wall and see like what it was really like. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But it was definitely a 180 of my master's teachers, just the way that they were having me, um, teaching you to to think think about things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Teaching you to think and like, think more about, yeah, what, what are we doing? (laughs) Like where we know what we're doing, like, with our vocal cords or like with our hands, but like, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> like, it's pretty important, though. Totally.
1: Yeah. Well, I think at that point I was just more ready for those questions. Sure. You know, maybe sure. my undergrad teacher asked them sometimes, and sure. I wasn't able to give you know very thoughtful answers. Sure. So.
0: So in your master's degree, you you felt more kind of like well-rounded in those ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I also came in being like, okay, I feel like I have these strengths and these weaknesses. Cause this is just the kind of nerd I am. And I'm like, okay, I need to help with all of these things. Mm-hmm. Can you fix them so that I'm just like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I came in with those specific goals too. still had my list. Cool. But
0: was your list those same things? What do you mean? But was your, was your list of your goals, like these like thoughts and feelings things?
1: Um, I don't think it was at first. I think after my first lesson, maybe it was. Yeah. But it was more like, oh, I haven't done a lot of this type of music. Okay. I'm, you know, maybe don't feel as confident with this. And I better be good at all these things before I'm out of school.
0: Sure. Yeah. And then did you start your doctorate at the same, like right after your master's?
1: I don't have a doctorate.
0: Okay. I don't know why I was thinking. uh, Just a master. I'm also a lowly master. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think master is a much more... (laughs) Awesome title, though. Then Doctor. But we I don't say. get
0: to use it. It's too creepy.
1: I mean, hello, I'm Emily Master.
0: <laughs> do your Do your students call you Master Jones?
1: Of course. <laughs> I no. love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> no, Master Merrill is like has a nice alliteration. Uh, yeah, but Master my Merrill. students call me Emily. Yeah. Do your students call you Chelsea, or do they call you? They like do. I, I Jones.
1: I invite them to call me Chelsea. I encourage that, but a yeah. lot of them they can't do strange it strange and say miss jones
0: or a lot of Professor my students jones. just call me dr merrill even though i'm like no yeah don't have one
1: yeah i get that too <laughs> yeah. and i correct them but yeah. i'm just like eh, whatever
0: <laughs> i tell my students to call me emily but i i think maybe in commercial music it's like a little bit more like yeah it's a little chill
1: yeah it just depends and academia has all these constructs as we know i mean my undergrad teacher and my master's teachers they all we called them by their first name yeah and that was just the culture that they set mm-hmm. And we still respected them, but it's just like my name's Ben, so we're going to be Ben. (laughs) And also, I think
0: like there is something kind of unique about music, and I don't think this applies to like non arts programs, where like you are going to be colleagues with your students soon. Yeah, where like in other professions, like your teachers remain teachers. Mm. And then you go into like, you know, engineering or whatever, like your engineering professors. Like, but we have like these communities of colleagues that are like, it's like a one-to-one, like your students are going to be like next to you Yeah, gigging and working like in four years. Yeah. So I think like that it's, it would be weird if like your student was calling you Ms. Jones and then like three years later, you're like next to each other in an orchestra. Yeah. Like suddenly they're like Chelsea. Right. <laughs> so
1: right. That's
0: how I feel about it. Totally. Like, no, I just agree. call me Emily now. So it's not yeah. weird later. When, that's how like, I feel I with my, you.
1: um, high school teacher. Like he called me the other day and I, I still say Mr. Bowen. Totally. You were in my high school. He's like, it's Pat. And I'm like, yeah. I, Mr. Bowen. I can't like, do it. I can't no, do I, it. I I still am <laughs> in touch
0: with like my high school choir director too. And like, same, like, yeah. I and I and I think like I'm older now than like he was when he started teaching me. Right. You know, like he was probably like in his 20s. Yeah. Totally.
1: And, but I still
0: just feel like but you're a grown man.
1: Right. <laughs> and that makes sense then and <laughs> You know, and I get the air of respect, like when you get a doctorate, you've gone to school for a million years. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I understand that. And I think it's more important to people when they're early in their doctorate to sure. have that title than as they get older. Well, but. especially
0: like I was thinking about like with with like David, like he he's so young that like yeah. it it's really valuable to have like a distinction. I, I felt yeah. like that when I started teaching at BYU because I was 20. I was 28, 27 when I started teaching there Mm -hmm. and like several of my students were like 25. Right. And then, you know, sometimes it's just like, like if I would have had a a doctorate, I probably would have maybe felt differently about it. Like being able to introduce myself to like other staff, Mm
1: -hmm. like
0: the sound technicians, you know, and be able to say like, I'm Dr. Merrill. I might've had, I might've been able to avoid a lot of conversations where they were like, but where's the director? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, it me. It, 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 yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even though I had been like, I'm the director of this group, but wait, like just a non-compute yeah. that also probably is like gendered as well. Of and course. also I'm so aggressively blonde. So it could also be that. <laughs> yeah, but,
1: you but can't possibly like, be the director of It doesn't help anything. that I'm
0: the same age as the students, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: I totally get that. Yeah. I've always though, just been of the opinion that, you know, we're all just, People with names and you know, you might have more school experience, but I might have more life experience and I'm just not, I don't care about titles.
0: (laughs) I feel the same way. And I really like, I also will get on one about that thing you just said of like, I am a big fan of like meeting a new person or like, you know, uh, knowing of a new person and being just assuming that they're like better than me at a lot of things and just being excited <laughs> to figure out what those things are. Like, cause I just, I think you're, it you're true. You're right. Like people have like generally put in work somewhere yeah. and put in like expertise somewhere and like figuring out where that is, is like, I don't know. It's pretty exciting. I totally. Think. Yeah. So, so is there anything else like, like, um, are there any other kind of like chapters that you want to talk about in between like finishing your master's and arriving here in Utah? <laughs>
1: um, it's kind of been a whirlwind. So I, gra- I graduated with my master's in 2016. Okay. And after that, I taught for a year as a public school teacher. Um, and then Shane got a job in Tennessee. So we moved there teaching at University of Tennessee at Martin so then I switched gears and started teaching college um, and I started doing like events, coordination stuff with the music department and recruiting. and. Cool. Um, yeah. And then I came here to f- pursue for the first time being a freelancer. Yeah. So.
0: How is it going?
1: It's it's going it's going it's challenging yeah. but it's going yeah I mean it's been re- really a whole journey for me just as far as what is my identity as a musician and a human being
0: please tell me everything <laughs> what, are, what are you thinking about
1: I don't know you know it's like you go to school from kindergarten through master's mm-hmm. and you're like okay it's very structured this is what I do this is how I'm successful mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're out of school and it's, it's grief like, what, what do I do now? Like, yeah. who's the one telling me I'm doing a good job? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it Chelsea, has to be don't me. Don't
0: get me started on that. Like <laughs> I feel that so deeply. I feel it so deep down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I had my first teaching job and I talked about it earlier and I thought, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm going to do. And then I did it and it was, it was a lot of things, but yeah. exhausting was one of the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started doing the college teaching and all that, and that, that was great in a whole new way, um, but also it was like, oh, well, I'm not doing what I trained to do, yeah. so am I...
0: Is this like a weird failure?
1: Yeah, and then yeah. I come here, and I'm like, okay, well, I've done these things. Now nobody knows me. I'm sitting at home with my dog.
0: (laughs) It's so hard. I have experienced the same thing, though. Like, yeah, because I also like did my master's elsewhere, like moved here Mm -hmm. and doing different things. Like we could probably talk about this for a long time. Yes. Uh, I just happened to be like, totally. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think about this so much. And I just I mean, I've been I finished my master's in 2012 and moved here in 2012. Mm -hmm. So I've I've like, I don't know, I've had like a little bit more time to like have I come to terms with it? Certainly not. I've had (laughs) a little bit more time to just like, I don't know, like, mm, like acclimate to the status quo. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't say accept the status quo. Yeah. But yeah, that's, it's really hard. It like, it, it has been and continues to be like a major identity upheaval for me. Yeah. Have you been feeling like that too?
1: Yeah. And also just trying to be happy with whatever it is I do. Not yeah. that I'm unhappy, but I'm just like, okay, well, I could go back to teaching, yeah. but like public school, full-time teaching, but what would that mean? Yeah. Would I be giving up performing? Would I be mm-hmm. giving up private teaching? And and then I'm like, okay, now I'm getting this certificate in arts management right now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I could do this full-time, but then... I probably won't have time for teaching. I probably won't have time for performing. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I do it all and be happy and satisfied? And if I do a little bit of this and that, is it enough?
0: Totally. And
1: so that's just my it's daily so hard. <laughs> conversation.
0: It's, I, I'm doing the same thing like yeah. every day, like, and I, and I live, I look back over like the, cause I, I finished my master's degree now, like what, 12 years, 10, 10, 10 years ago. Should I check? Should I check it again? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And it keeps doing this and then it's like totally fine.
1: Yeah. I see the interface is still blinking. So.
0: Oh, is that, is that a way that we can know? What does that sound like to you? Does it sound like a headphone thing?
1: Uh, I don't don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know. Um, it might be the cables, but it, when it's green there, when we talk, that's good. Check, check, check. (gasps) Oops. Now it's not doing it.
0: I think it's still,
1: it's still recording though. Yeah. I think it's just when I'm loud.
0: Yeah. We have to be a little bit louder. I don't like to have it that loud. It yeah. stresses me out. It's like overstimulating, <laughs> but yeah. Oh wait. So I moved here and it's been almost 10 years. Yeah. It's been close to 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if I look back over like what the makeup of my like day-to-day work has been over those 10 years, you can like, there's plenty of evidence that I'm, that I've been trying to figure it out Yeah. It's <laughs> like it has not yeah. in any way been consistent, <laughs> like right. just trying to kind of like cherry pick, like, cause uh, well, I wanted to ask you like. How do you like what are your thoughts about like what makes you happy or satisfied? Like what are the things you know that like, you know, in your in your work or as a person like give you that kind of like satisfaction that you're looking for?
1: Yeah, that's a question I'm trying to answer right now. Yeah, yeah. In general, it seems like being busy helps me a lot. If I'm doing a bunch of different things, I'm like, oh, I'm productive. Mm -hmm. And that means I am a worthwhile human being. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I know that one really well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I know that doesn't equate to necessarily that, you know, it's satisfying or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. But I think, I think I'm finding that a mix of things is what I really like Mm -hmm. because I like to teach, I like to perform, I like to do arts administration, um, I guess I've never had the chance to do like performing full time. Yeah. Um so I don't necessarily know what that would look like or if that's possible. I've also never <laughs> done
0: performing full time. Yeah, I think I feel the exact same way. Like yeah. I like to have a mix of things. Uh, like if one project starts feeling like boring, I can mm-hmm. lean into another one and then like it reminds me of things like I discover new things that like then make the other project feel fresh again. I think, I think I also like know this about myself that like, I like to have many projects, but I also do really need to feel valued. And I think that's the piece that like, as I'm kind of like heading, I'm 33. So as I'm kind of like, you know, uh, moving into my mid Mm thirties, like feeling like this is a piece that I'm really trying to like give my attention to like making sure that, um, I that I, that I don't feel like my, like, diligent work is, like, just going into a void. Yeah. Because I find that, like, demoralizing.
1: <laughs> sure. I'm also questioning, you know, with the hustle of, of being a freelancer. Um, and even if it's a self-perpetuated hustle, because maybe it's not <laughs> yeah. necessary to be pursuing so many different things. Um, it's just, you know, would I just be happier if I had something that was more stable? If yeah. I just... I could get a full-time job in something. Yeah. I think. Um, and would I be okay with that? I don't know.
0: Do you, would you, I don't don't know. know. I I mean, I like the
1: idea, the idea of, okay, I just have this same schedule. I have a salary, I have benefits. I have like a retirement thing that I'm Mm -hmm. not having to worry about Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it would just be there. And then, you know, when I'm not there, I can just focus on. Yeah being a human being and enjoying my life. But then I'm like, but that just seems so tied down. And I know what am I giving
0: up? <laughs> I, know, I feel <laughs> the exact same way. Like exactly the same. <laughs> and like Andrew works for like a tech company. Like he works, he has a nine to five and like, he'll, he'll come home with like, you know, he'll tell me like some feedback that his boss gave him or like, you know, he got like a, he had a performance review and then he's getting a, a raise. And mm-hmm. I just feel like, Oh, <laughs> like, i'm so so jealous of that
1: like just of the ha- rays or the performance review
0: the performance review i, I knew that was what <laughs> you're talking about yeah i mean the rays is like great it's like it's like it makes it like more than words like it backs up the words but like the words are the thing that i want like right, right. for someone to just be like wow you're just great doing job, a great job. <laughs> yeah like yeah to not feel like all the work that you do is just like invisible yeah yeah and then i keep i keep thinking like there should be some kind of a specific like not quite a therapist but like something in the realm of a therapist just for like freelancers (laughs) like I feel like I need like just a
1: support group maybe
0: yeah or like a person who can just like who I feel like is kind of objective that will just Mm. be like you're doing amazing in this area like (laughs) I'd love to see you like go down this other path a little further like, yeah because it's something that, that nice, like no. i don't know how to like do without really it's really yeah. hard totally so, it feels like so stupid but it's also like no we I got ourselves it. into these types of professions like partly because of that kind of thing i think yeah um what do you what would you want like someone who doesn't know anything about your mediums to know about like what's magical about it or what's kind of like uh, like a secret and you can talk about you can talk about drums or like percussion instruments or like whatever just what do you think is like the juiciest thing about it and or teaching
1: whoa that's a big question
0: it's a fun one I I hope
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) well I just I mean I just want people to appreciate music I mean that's so broad and generic but to just see its value and whatever sort of music they like I d I don't think that's super important. Um I, I do hope people to be open minded and exploratory when they check out different styles and different what lives. What do you
0: think that means? Like what what um what was the first thing you said? You said something like like know the just, value of it? Yeah. What does that mean?
1: I just hope that people find that it enriches their lives in some way. Yeah. Whether it's just something to make them feel less alone or something that they feel describes what they're going through or that just makes them, takes them somewhere else even.
0: Like, yeah, to understand that it's not like music can be something that's like a supplement to something else that you're doing, but it can also be like um, its own, its own end. Um, I think that's also something that I'd love for more people to kind of be aware of and not all music needs to do that, but like there is so much music that does and does it so well that it's like a, a bit of a tragedy to just like be unaware of that, of all of that kind of power. I agree. Do you have thoughts about like, or advice or just, I don't know, just thoughts about what it would mean for people to like listen and explore and consume music like more, I don't know thoughtfully responsibly what would you want people to do
1: I mean I feel like I could have advice for like music students on the way to approach this but if we're talking the general public let's talk
0: general pub
1: I wish I knew I I mean if we could just find a way for people to be like yeah every weekend or every month I want to just go somewhere and consume live performance or you know once a month I'm gonna buy this record or if yeah. people do that anymore or s- sit on Spotify and listen to something. Or just
0: listen to an album all the way through three yeah. times. Yeah. Like think of how like, I mean, I i am not telling you, I think so frequently of like the way that we use to like listen to a CD like again and again and again, and not even just oh, yeah. those of us who like love music, but just everyone yeah. and what we lose by like never like getting to know like an artist in that way or a band in that way or a project in that way, that feels like a huge loss to me.
1: Yeah, that's really true because I mean, I don't know any artists who just like throw together random tracks unless mm-hmm. it's like a best of, you know, all the, right. all the singles, all the hits, no but artists. otherwise it's yeah. so it's a through line and it's, I'm putting this tune after this tune because of the way that they connect. Yeah, And yeah, that's something I love doing, you know, new, new, artist an artist that I like comes out with a new album I want to sit yeah. and like listen start someone to finish someone thought and hear about that, that track listing
0: like yeah. even if the album isn't like a theme or anything like that like someone thought about the track order yeah and what and why they wanted you to feel like a certain way and to listen to it on shuffle just seems like rude. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like you wouldn't watch a movie out of order. Right. Like don't listen to the CD out of order. Yeah. And I
1: I wonder how we can get to that point though. I mean, our attention spans are so short now we're used to seeing these one minute this and one minute that. So the idea of consuming an entire thing,
0: I think maybe treating it like a movie or treating it like a book like giving it its own time. Cause I think we've, we've, our culture has like taught us that music is something that accompanies something that you're focusing on. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And we haven't, like, we no longer think of music as something we're focusing on. Yeah. But I also feel like, and this is, this is just like, this is maybe kind of a, I don't know. I have caveats about it perhaps, but like, I also think if you're going to go see live music, try not to make like, capitalist assumptions about the live musicians you're seeing especially if they're not famous people like try to just like behold the skills of the people that you're seeing and the kind Mm -hmm. of like earnestness of those people rather than thinking like like don't let like do not let any thoughts enter your mind of like well if they were good I would have heard of them or you know or anything or like they're just at this venue but like to kind of like broaden the 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 really like the truth of what like being a professional musician is which is like the vast majority of like highly skilled highly brilliant professional musicians are people you've never heard of um and kind of like i don't know like i play in this um i play in this bar sometimes it's like a, a it's not even a bar it's a brewery like the big like giant like silos of beer are like in the room It's very like, it's pretty janky space. Um, there's always like the ceiling's always dripping. (laughs) Um, I, and I like playing that. It's, I almost feel like it's like I get to practice playing piano like
1: because I do it as a solo
0: gig and I hardly ever perform like that. And I think sometimes like, I wonder, and I, I, I watch the people coming and going and I watch them like watching me and, you know, or not noticing me at all. And I just, I just try to imagine like what assumptions they're having. Hmm. Um, and I said, you know, I can never know, but like, there's definitely clues. Like there's (laughs) definitely like, you know, people sometimes say things that are like very rude. People sometimes say things that are super, super kind where they're like, you know, I, I feel so moved. Like, Hmm. and I just think it's so interesting. It's like such an interesting thing. Like, you know, whether or not I'm like making music that's impactful in any way is like it's neither here nor there but like I am a highly skilled musician and yeah. like I I certainly like objectively and like doing things vocally that are like take a lot of training to do and right. are like really um excellent you know and notice like noticing the way in which people don't notice it it's just interesting like it's just an interesting thing
1: yeah um, totally yeah with our steel band we play a lot of gigs where we're just we're in the background yeah music so yeah I get I get that um and not yeah that anybody, I guess it's like just owes you
0: any sort of sure. thing but like
1: it's just, just keep your s- eyes open sure like, or well and it's just open. also your I guess your self acceptance of what's going on and yeah. what what it means for you and if if that should be something you take personally or if you can yeah. just treat as you said this is kind of like a practice well, session for me where
0: I don't know and I like I almost like the kind of anonymity of it like it's cause I've been doing this gig long enough that like it, it's become like, I don't know. I have like a, I have like a specific relationship with it where like, I will commit myself to like, um, like committing to the stories of my songs, like fully, like I will give like the same performance that I would give if I was like in a concert hall yeah and like, that's its own reward to me. Like, sure. And and the acoustics are actually, like, really nice in there. Like, it's all, like, um it's super echoey. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the acoustics aren't nice, like, for a percussion ensemble. But sure, they're nice but for yeah. me as a vocalist.
1: Totally. The resonance like, is nice.
0: It's beautiful. And, like, my yeah. voice sounds beautiful in there. Um. So, it's its, its own reward. And, like, I'm going to have fun doing that, like, regardless. But I do find it, like, an interesting study to kind of notice, like, who notices totally. that I'm, like, giving, that I'm there, you know, six feet away from them giving, like... A really heartfelt performance yeah and who kind of like doesn't see it it doesn't affect me like it it genuinely like it doesn't affect me either way like i know i'm taking the gig and i know why i'm taking the gig sure but it it is like curious and i do feel like it is such a beautiful gift when someone will be like when someone will come up and you know maybe they give me like two dollars yeah but they they say like that was some of the most beautiful music I've heard in a long time, yeah,
1: you know. Then it's and I almost special. feel like that's like
0: a. It reminds me that like humanity is like pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel definitely much more optimistic than not.
1: Right. Yeah. I, that you've connected, is, even if it's yeah. with one person. It's,
0: it's like, so oh, special. What I'm
1: doing maybe means something.
0: And I will remember that person like f- for years. Like I'll remember, you know, I'll remember their face. Yeah. Which just feels like pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Okay. We're kind of, I think we're getting toward the end of things here. Is Sounds there anything good. else that you want to say about, about like the arts about, you know, I don't know. You didn't really talk up that specifically about percussion or drums. Like, is there anything you kind of want people to know about? Percussion
1: is the best instrument and everyone
0: should respect that. I don't know. Percussion is the best 30 instruments.
1: Exactly. Well, I think that's another reason I was just drawn to it is you can have a very, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't have ADD, but if you did, it's very appropriate for you. Cause you just, you get to do all of these different things.
0: You want all the flavors. It's like the same thing as like wanting to eat like flavorful food. I, th- yeah, I would think totally.
1: Like- yeah. You just get you just get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You get to play melodies. You get to play rhythms. You get to use your hands. You get to use mallets. And I also think it's really cool, just the, the visual aspect visual aspect of it, too. It's It can be kind of theatrical in a way. Yeah. And I never did the theater, but I obviously have talked about it several times yeah. and appreciating it. And we get to have a lot of that. And I think that's really, really fun and something unique that.
0: Yeah. Well, and another, maybe another thing is like almost every genre like uses percussion totally Or like not every genre uses strings yeah or vocals yeah
1: I mean every culture pretty much started off with some version of drums and yeah. voice
0: cool and
1: I think that really kind of connects to a lot of people just innately like you know you all had some sort of little percussion instrument probably like as a kid or yeah. in your closet as does. I do <laughs>
0: I have I have bongos, bongos. and what's that shaker eh? yeah -hmm. Those are that's because I'm married to a drummer as well. Well, yeah, that's that's those are not mine; (laughs) those are his. Back from when he was majoring in percussion, majoring in drum set. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I will say it's an instrument that I think, along with the voice, really, I think they have that in common. That it's something a lot of people can connect to Mm -hmm. because everyone, even if they're not good, you know, quote unquote, at rhythm, they they have a sense of it. They understand it. I mean, our body is a rhythmic system. It's
0: deeply human. Yeah. Yeah. Our body is a rhythmic system. I don't want to like talk over that. That's like a beautiful statement. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our pulse is a rhythm Mm -hmm. and if it stops, we die. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Percussion's the best. No, no further
0: questions. Badass thing to end on. (laughs) Okay. I ask everybody at the end on this day, what's your dream collaboration?
1: Dream collaboration. You can,
0: you can build a whole team if you want.
1: Wow. Wow. Um,
0: or like dream project, if that's an easier framing, but I love to involve other people in your dream.
1: Totally. Um, oh my gosh, I should, I feel like I should have an answer to this.
0: Well, it's why right? I always tell people like on this day, cause on like no day. one, no one does. So like every <laughs> once in a while, someone will be like Lily Tomlin, you know, <laughs> like they know like they right away. Yeah. But um, most people are like, I don't know. So like, it's just today, like what's going yeah. to find today.
1: Honestly, I I wish I could come up with something beautifully articulate to say at this moment, but really I just, I like playing with other people. So just opportunities to do that and make music at a high level is really exciting.
0: Any like particular Um, places you'd like to play
1: um, or groups you'd like to
0: play with or venues?
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, Well, my group Kemia, I have this chamber group and we, We've been wanting to play at this this venue, Constellations, in Chicago. Cool. It hasn't happened yet, but um, it was going to in September of 2020 and, you know, pandemic.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so
0: Fingers crossed for that.
1: For sure. And Playing then, in some venues like that with that group would be really, really cool. We mostly play at universities, which is cool, cool. but it would be nice to kind of expand to yeah. a more public yeah sort of a, uh,
0: The last question is where can people find your music? So tell them where to find kemia. And uh, spell yeah,
1: it. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kemia. It's the, the name, I really like the name, but it's confusing to yeah. spell and, um, pronounce, but it comes from the Greek word for chemistry. Cool. So thus Kemia. Um, so Kemia is Kemia ensemble.com K H E M I a cool ensemble.com. And then I have a website too. Chelsea Tinsler Jones.com.
0: Do you prefer Chelsea Tinsler Jones? Like when I announce you for the podcast?
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's what I go as my performer name. Tinsler is
0: such a cool name. Tinsler is
1: my maiden name. I like it. And yeah, that was one of those sort of gender roles, I guess, where I had to decide. And I wanted to share Shane's name to be like our family. But I was like, but my name's like different. And it's cool. Jones is beautiful, but very common. Yeah. I will say no one ever mispronounces it. So that's yeah. lovely.
0: Yeah. But- <laughs> I, this was an easy decision for me, too, because Meryl has like really nice alliteration with Emily. Like it feels good. Yeah. So I feel like I kind of got like a style upgrade. Sure. And I have no like emotional ties to my to family, your main name. period. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Um, but so that makes it easy. But OK, yeah. so Kemia and then Chelsea, Chelsea Tinsler Jones.com yeah okay chelsea thank you so much it was lovely to get oh, to know thank you, you thank you this is so fun a pleasure
1: i just love podcasts so now i'm like i'm gonna be famous after this i'm yeah, pretty sure i
0: know you love podcasts <laughs> something <laughs> where, like we should talk about more
1: yeah we're in armchairs
0: right now we are I'm feeling kind of own kind of armchair experts exactly <laughs> well thank you and i'll <laughs> keep talking to you after we say goodbye so yes bye. thank you